Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. to the fourth man podcast it's wednesday october 2nd as always it's anthony here and today i'm giving the will the episode off however i won't be alone today as we have a special guest on here so please help me welcome ryan mock josh from the four seasons podcast how's it going man i appreciate you coming on anthony good to be here and great pronunciation of my last name <laughs> thank you i had a i had a little bit of help before the start of the show here right. um, First, I just want to kind of get into a little bit of a Q&A a little bit before I ask you about some of the guys you've talked with in the Big Three and, you know, some other Big Three topics here. Um, mm-hmm. From what I know, uh, if you guys haven't listened to the, the Four Seasons podcast, you know, it's a NBA topic podcast that you guys talk about all season, all year long, all four seasons, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and from what I know, you used to be a former college basketball player. How did you kind of get in? to podcasting and your show and where did it kind of start at yeah it's kind of crazy and random um i graduated from central missouri where i played basketball with a um, corporate fitness degree and that's not at all what i'm using now so (laughs) it kind of makes no sense but i uh i was obsessed with the nba and i was obsessed with basketball and i wanted to do something in the meantime with basketball and so I got brought on as a writer for a fan-sided website uh, for NBA stuff. Okay. And it was cool for a while. But it got kind of boring to me. And I kind of switched my perspective from the reader. I don't want to sit in front of a computer and read words on a screen for however long it takes to read an article. I right. want my content to be fun to digest and fun to listen to or watch, not just read. So... A random summer day, I went to this uh, rooftop pool here in downtown Kansas City and met Zach Noble, who oh, wow. uh, at the time was a uh, overseas scout and an overseas agent to some guys that played in Europe. Uh, and we started shooting the shit about just the NBA, and we ended up liking it a lot. And as we met, I just kind of threw out there, you know what I always wanted to do is start a podcast. And he's like, wow, no way, same here. And so we just started talking and decided to one day record ourselves just talking about basketball, talking about what was going on in the world as far as the NBA goes. And it was pretty fun. We did it for our own sake. But then we actually put it on SoundCloud for a while to see how it would stick and if people were interested. And it turned out people kind of liked what we were talking about (laughs) and kind of liked me giving Zach shit all the time and making fun of him and him making fun of me for having stupid, outrageous hot takes. And... (laughs) kind of grew uh grew attention a little bit so we just that's how it took off it's kind of random yeah I, I will say i love your guys dialogue i like like the shit you guys <laughs> give each other back and forth i think that's like what makes a show um yeah you know cause he, all- he, he looks at it a different way he's more <laughs> analytics and stats yeah very and i'm more eye test free-flowing kind of style so we we really butt heads on a lot and it's it's really it's a lot of fun well, sure, I guess playing the game. I'm, I'm not sure about Zach's background, but like with you playing the game in college, I'm sure you look at the game a little bit differently to say if, 
if Zach was looking at it more from like a, a fandom uh, analytical perspective, like you were saying. So, uh, makes Absolutely. a lot of sense. I think that's where it starts. Yeah, I, I, I look at it from a player's point of view and through the eyes of being on the court while he is more of an on paper, stats oriented guy, which a good mix is important. And absolutely. that's why what we talk about is different, but it's accurate as well. Yeah, absolutely. So how long, how long has it been, the show been going on? I mean, when did you really start to see um, kind of your success booming there a little bit? Yeah, it's been, I want to say, two and a half years. Two years, actually, because I said it started in the summer. So, yeah, this summer would have been our two-year mark. And wow. there's been some milestones as far as growth. At first, it was kind of frustrating because we thought we had a good product and it wasn't getting the traction that we thought or it wasn't getting the views that we thought but we just kept plugging away and doing it because we liked it and our first player ever was a big milestone for us and that was Fred Van Fleet and this was before this was before he blew up this is not the finals runner-up MVP Fred Van Fleet this is not the guy we know now this is before he blew up and he was an undrafted guy. So like Wichita State, Fred Van Yeah, Lee. okay. and that's kind of how we got him. We had ties with Wichita State people. and We got him on, and because he did so well the year after, we kind of got <laughs> known by some of our fans as, okay, if you go on the four-season show, you blow up the year prior, so or the year after. So that kind of helped us out a lot. And then this, uh, this summer, we got picked up by a, a pretty big company called Ball's Life. I'm, I'm sure you probably know about it. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, they picked us up as one of their podcasts, and that's that's really helped us as far as viewage goes, as far as getting NBA Hall of Famer guests and so on and so forth. Yeah, that's major. And, you know, congrats to you guys because it's definitely well-deserved. I, I really enjoy your stuff and, uh, you know, hearing hearing your guys' takes. I feel like it is very, uh, like, a informative show. So yeah. Yeah, we kind of like to take the style of, we're not super serious at all. We're right. kind of laid back, loosey-goosey, but we still know our shit, so we, can, we know what we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the way I like it, too. Let, let, me, let me ask, I mean, I know it's been a couple years, but I'm sure as the couple years have went on, it's probably been a little bit easier to talk about the NBA for all four seasons with just the way free agency goes, the hype around the NBA draft, um, you know, the summer workouts. Uh, I mean, how, how have you kind of seen, in terms of uh, more talking points, uh, arise Definitely. As, as, yeah. as the show's gone on? Well, that's the great thing about the NBA is there's literally no offseason. There's <laughs> something always to talk about. Now, the dog days have been recently when Team USA is not playing anymore, and there's literally nothing happening between that point and, like, media day stuff. And now... We're sitting here 20 days away of the season, and now everybody's excited and tuning into NBA stuff more. But at the same time, in the summer, you have free agency, you have trades, and there's literally no dead time in the NBA. During the season, you can talk about current events, who's hot. We have certain segments about who's balling at the time and who's not. It's just so easy to cover. It makes our jobs easy because the NBA is covered year-round. No, yeah, absolutely. It makes it enjoyable for a lot of like basketball fans as well. Um, another thing that has made that enjoyable, and I think it has kind of uh, added or prolonged maybe the NBA summers a, l- a little bit, is the emergence of the Big Three. It's now in its third season. 
when did you start watching the big three and what were kind of your first impressions of it? So I watched it, I think, two or three times before they came to Kansas City. And I wasn't the biggest believer and I wasn't the biggest fan of it prior to this. But them coming to Kansas City, which is where I live in my home, and right across the street in Sprint Center was awesome for me and my fandom for the big two because I got up close and personal with some of the players, some of the coaches, Ice Cube, Cube, Dr. J was there, Gary Payton was there, and talking to those guys and seeing how they interact and going to their practices and stuff, that was when I became a really big fan of the big three. So I think them touring to new cities like this, Kansas City was their first time hosting the big three, that helps their popularity, and it definitely works for me. Yeah, absolutely. So, how would you how would you set like how would you rate your media experience? I guess like one out of ten, and turn just in terms of overall. Ten being absolutely the best astronomical. Yes. <laughs> uh, I had a great time. I would give it a uh, I would give it an eight point six. Okay, that's good. I like that. Yeah, because I love. First of all, the thing that stood out as far as just watching the game was play style, physicality. Yeah. Trash talking. I I loved that. And being in the arena, courtside, watching all that stuff, you hear everything. You hear the jabs. It's hilarious and funny. And you hear the, the bodies banging. You can see how physical people are getting. It's, Man, yeah. That aspect is different from the NBA. And that is refreshing and fun to me. I like that. And then after each game, you got to go back to the press, the press rooms and select which guys from which teams you want to talk to, whether yeah. they went off the next game that you just saw or not. Here in Kansas City, we got to talk to uh, Drew Gooden and Mario Chalmers a lot because they're KU guys. Oh, yeah. So a bunch of the press room guys wanted them to come out. But, yeah, all of that was an amazing experience for me. Well, and it's super cool, too. I feel like, I don't know if it's just because they're playing in the big three or not, but it feels like they're a lot more open to just speaking or maybe doing some uh, camera interviews or whatever they may be doing. Because yeah, they are in the big three. Right. I think being in the big three is keeping them in the limelight and keeping a lot of those guys relevant because without the big three, they'd probably be at Lifetime Fitness or LA Fitness just <laughs> hooping it up at the rec centers. But this is giving them another platform to stick around. We just saw Joe Johnson get literally an NBA deal yeah. from the big three. There's a, there's a big platform, and it keeps getting bigger for some of these guys. Yeah, uh, I'm actually going to ask you about that in the Pistons because I know, like, uh, like we've been talking about, you're really all around, all season long around the NBA. But I do, I do want to ask. You've had a few of these guys like uh, Mari Stoudemire on there on your podcast, Gary Payton, uh, Kmart on there. Do you feel like they, and just speaking with them maybe at media day, do you feel like you get a sense of rejuvenation knowing that they're still doing what they love, or what they've been doing at least for you know 15 to 20 years that they're still being able to do it at a high level when speaking Absolutely. to them. And the the bigger the big three gets, the more that'll that'll happen. I think I'm not sure what these guys would be doing without it. I know they'd be around basketball somehow, but I mean, having a whole other league in the big three is just creating more opportunities for the game of basketball. Because who knows if Kenyon Martin would be able to squeeze into an NBA front office and in one role? But with the big three, he's sitting there head coaching now and gets to be all around all these guys still. It's just creating more opportunities, and the bigger the big three gets, the more opportunities will arise for other people like that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. And I think, uh, you know, Kmart even just getting the play and then moving to that coaching role 
Um, even Charles Oakley, I mean, he played a little bit in season one as a coach. I mean, mm-hmm. it didn't go very well, but it was definitely interesting <laughs> and just a new element to bring to the table. Um, yeah. Right. A um, couple of guys who have kind of surrounded the big three, or maybe like since the end of the big three season, uh, that these two names have kind of, I felt like stuck out a little bit more from an outside perspective. We'll start with the first one that you mentioned. Like, what are your thoughts on Joe Johnson siding with the Pistons? Um, how do you think he'll do for the Pistons? And do you, how big of that do you think it is for the Big Three? I think it's massive for the Big Three. I think it's bigger for the Big Three than anything. Because the Big Three isn't a spot for washed-up players to go play. I, I, I can't remember who was quoted as saying they're washed up. I think it was, like, Bill Simmons from The Ringer or something. Oh, gosh. Ice Cube did not. <laughs> did not like that quote, but yeah. now it's a place, it's a showcase. It's, do you still have game? Can you still play at the highest level? Go prove it to us. And Joe Johnson did that. I think it's huge for Detroit and the NBA because the NBA's had a recent trend of stacking their bench at the end, the 13th, 14th, and 15th roster spot with super young guys out of college that might amount to something, and they're just banking on their potential which takes the roster spots up for the guys like Joe Johnson and the veterans who want to stick around and help the locker room and help guys potential on their own teams. So what Joe Johnson's going to help with is the Luke Kennards, the Langston yeah. Galloways, and all those shooting guards and shooters on that team who need to be led, who need to be shown the ropes on how to practice every day, how to hit the weight room, how to eat proper nutrition. Because Joe is what, 34, 35, 36, something like that? He might be even 37 or 38, to be honest. Yeah, and he's been around the block a time or two. So his presence in the locker room and the the behind-the-scenes stuff might be more important than what he actually does with his playing time. Sure. I think it might even be big for uh, Sekou, uh, just because he's coming over here to the States. He's been playing overseas or playing in his home country for a long time, and you know, he, he, he probably doesn't, he probably knows a little bit of what's going on, but I mean, that's a completely new environment for him. So maybe a guy like Joe Johnson can take him under his wing. Uh, absolutely. I think that's a great point. Both of them are big and physical guys, too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that being said, though, um, we've heard the story and we've pretty much heard this name surround the NBA, even though he's not on the NBA team, is Carmelo Anthony. Um, I kind of heard, so I heard your. Not your latest podcast. I haven't gotten to that one yet. But <laughs> where I said that you should be in the big three. Uh, wait. No, I was gonna say the one where actually maybe that was the same one. I was gonna say the one where Zach got really upset. I don't know if he was truly upset with you, but you were calling you were calling him out for uh, Mello only being to like one Western Conference final. Oh uh, yeah, I mean Zach didn't test at me on a show as three times every episode. <laughs> but yes, that was that was the most recent one and. He's been a big, huge mellow stand forever, and I like to <laughs> I like to go under Zach's skin and just pick on the guys who he likes. Yeah. The the um, that being said, do you feel like Mellow would it be silly for him not to join the big three next year and showcase himself if he's not on a team? Well, I think that Mellow's going to be a guy that is going to be scared to do that because he doesn't want his reputation to take a hit. The whole reason why he's not in the NBA right now is because he refuses to take a different role. He refuses to come off the bench. He refuses to be a guy that can give a team something like in particular of what they need. He just wants to be the middle that starts, that puts up 25 shots a game, and that gets his own buckets. 
And that's not going to work when you can't produce. So it would take a revamping of his personality, I think, for him to join the big three. But I would absolutely love it. And I think that he would be, he would feel refreshed. It would be like a breath of fresh air to put his pride aside, join the big three, and take the Joe Johnson route just to prove that he yeah. can accept another role and that he still has game instead of just putting out internet videos all the time. Yeah, because I, de- I definitely think Melo could definitely do what Joe Johnson just did. Um, with oh, 100%. They have yeah. similar games, too. They're yeah. very they're very high on ISO ball. Yeah, we, and a lot of people, are, are at least in the Big 3 community, have stated that it would be cool to see him on ball hawks because of their struggle over <laughs> over the past, or all three seasons, actually. So it would be cool to see because him. Because of maybe their struggle style. or because of team name <laughs> matching his play style? <laughs> <laughs> Probably a little bit of both there. Um, right. What was I getting to? Oh, oh yeah, so... I was going to say, so from your perspective, actually, uh, Mello, you're saying that even though Mello took that that backseat, quote-unquote, in Houston, that was more of, like, to just get on the team and that he hasn't really put maybe that ego aside? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think um, him landing in Houston was just, him, like, a result of him just getting bounced around from trades to trades and in-package deals. I... Chauncey Billups said it first, and that's why I believe this to be true. He was his teammate in Denver, and he he said exactly what I've been saying on this pod, is he refuses to take a different role. And I I totally see that in him, and all the things match up. I'm just believing what Chauncey said is insight. Yeah, and I think that's that's a good point. I mean, believe somebody who's actually been around the guy and knows his personality pretty well. I mean, I think, you know, the guy who helped him get to that Western Conference Final was Chauncey Billups, correct? So, I mean... He's kind of had the longest tenured run with him. He could kind of understand uh, his personality maybe a little bit better. Regardless of that, um, there still was a lot of hype surrounding the big three uh, this summer, um, probably more more than ever, with uh, you know Will Bynum having the the Hezzy Sham God and just just different highlights throughout the year. Do you feel like that this upcoming summer we'll see an increase in big three star, or I'm sorry, and in, in stars in terms of uh, big name players joining the big three uh, in hopes of kind of following that Joe Johnson path. I think so. And I think the longer that the big three sticks around, the more relevant it's going to become. They just had a, a huge success this year. I think they had the biggest season of their careers by far as far as gaining new fan interest and definitely from my perspective, I became a big three fan this year because they're going on more tours and new cities. Um, but yeah, the success of Joe Johnson, the fact that he ran away with MVP and he had all these highlight reels and averaged so many points. It was exciting. I think big names joining the league is huge. It's a major aspect for how the big three will grow. Uh, Joe Johnson was a name that everybody recognized who watches basketball. And the fact that he joined Big 3 this season and went off means that players that are going to join Big 3 that are recognizable will be under a microscope. And I think that's really good for the league. Um, As long as they keep putting out new content, because the NBA on social media is head and shoulders above any other sport that's covered on the internet. I think that Big 3 needs to do exactly what the NBA is doing making players recognizable. Their faces are shown everywhere. Highlights, social media, everything hit hard. I think that this is a, a success path for Big 3. Yeah, I, I agree too. And I feel like uh, 
you know, not only are there guys that can now join the big three and kind of go the Joe Johnson route, but there's also guys who we've seen in the big three who have kind of made a name for themselves that maybe they didn't have that recognition before. So maybe right. they're just trying to be the best in the big three, and I think that's kind of a cool aspect that the a big three can offer. That is Frank Nitty. Yeah, I mean, he was a player before, and I kind of heard him, but he put up a ton of highlights this season, and I became a huge fan of him Same. because of this year in the big three. Same, yeah, and he actually scrimmaged with the New York Knicks, which is something I don't know if he would have been able to do without this year's success. So, right, exactly. You know, hopefully it just kind of comes from there because I think he's still, you know, 29, 30 years old. I feel like. There's still, if he still wanted to take that route at some point, he, he definitely could if he continues to do stuff like he did last year. Okay, so before uh, I let you go here, I, I want to ask you about some players. I'm going to name off some players, and I'm going to see if you think these players would benefit in terms of being able to get back into the NBA by playing in the big three. Uh, I love it. Uh, they're they're going to be kind of some different names that maybe are completely out of the blue, but I just figured I would ask you at least <laughs> ten guys. That maybe you haven't heard of in a while and, and give you some like some time to reminisce on these guys. Uh, All right, so first one, O.J. Mayo, who's obviously hasn't applied for reinstatement yet. O.J. Mayo, I love. Yes, I was a big fan of him. He was super hyped out of high school. Like, one of the top recruits in the nation in the last decade. Um, he's definitely a recognizable name, a unique name. I think that would be great. Okay, our next one is Aaron Aflalo. Not as flashy as O.J. Mayo, but a way more solid, reliable player. Yeah, I what, think... What, I think what, go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm, I'm just asking you, what, what exactly am I answering? If they have another shot to make the NBA? If, if by joining the big three, they would, be able, they would benefit and be able to have another shot at the NBA, yes. Okay. Um... So Aaron will follow more so than O.J. Mayo on that note with the chances of going in the NBA. But for ears and eyeballs to watch the big three, O.J. would be more gravitational. Jimmer for debt. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Zimmer is an all-timer. Absolutely, 100%. Yes, he would have a better chance of going to the NBA. I feel like fans want to see him play, and they don't get to overseas and <laughs> I think he's in. I think he just signed a deal somewhere in Europe or something. He's not in China anymore. But I absolutely loved his stint in the NBA towards the end of the season last year for the Suns. It made it electric to watch the Phoenix Suns. And <laughs> the dead time of the NBA. So yes, I love all the Jimmer stuff. <laughs> I agree. I think he'd be cool for four point shots as well. I mean, that's that's his thing. Absolutely, right? that's a layup for him. Yeah, Lance Stevenson. Man. This, that's a huge name, too. I think it would be fantastic for the big three to get him. And yes, I do think that there he has a special niche for the NBA. He's a intimidator. He's a defensive stopper. He just is a chaos creator, whether that be for good or for bad. But yeah, I like it all. This next one is kind of a name that I felt like I would have heard more because he was working out with Amari Stoudemire for some teams. But Monte Ellis... Ooh, yes, he was a bucket getter back in the day. Uh, he's got to be getting up there in age, though. How old is he, you know? Uh, you know, I think I saw that he was in his early thir 33, maybe? Really? Maybe maybe oh, not. Oh, he was a straight-out high school guy, though. Yeah, so that 33. Sense. It seems like he's been right. in the league forever, but because he came in the league when he was 12 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> 
the next one is uh, Joey Kim Noah, who I thought would be on a team this year, but has yet to be signed. Absolutely. And I think that him, more than any of the previous names that you said, has the best shot of sticking in the NBA after the big three. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, the next one is the guy who pretty much took, or pretty much Joe Johnson took his spot, but Michael Beasley. Yeah. I feel like all the players that you're naming towards the latter are the guys that still have a legitimate shot to be on an NBA roster. Specifically, teams that are contenders that just need to add depth. So, yeah, I like I like buckets. Like buckets. <laughs> um, this next one, he's a little bit of an older guy, but uh, Zach Randolph, Zebo. Zebo, I'm not as high on Zebo. I okay. think I'm out on Zebo. Just because his body type and his play style, yes. It's benefits for him to playing like an old guy, like an old man at the rec, but it's it's limited athleticism. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Zebo. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of that Katino Mobley game, maybe just a big three, but I don't know if it it's a return of the injury. I mean, yeah, Katino Mobley has game. I love his old man game, but Katino yeah. is more of like a uh, a guard type. Even though he's sure. slow, he's super crafty. He can shoot. I'm sure Zebo could step out and hit a couple, but. The last time I watched Zebo was like five years ago, so Zebo's not fresh in my mind. Sure. I haven't actually seen him since Sacramento, so I have no idea right. what happened to him. Uh, the next one might be our flashiest one, uh, Swaggy P. Nick Young. <laughs> that absolutely is the flashiest <laughs> one, and yes, the four-pointers galore. I think that would be great for the big three. As far as going to the NBA afterwards, I don't like his chances. Um... I don't know if that's because of his off-the-floor stuff or what, but I think he'd be a perfect name for the Big Three. Yeah, let's just keep him in the Big Three then. I would love to just have him for the next right. year to come. Right. Uh, the last one I feel like doesn't need the Big Three necessarily to join, but he hasn't. He has yet to join a team. Is a little bit of an older guy, and he's still obviously a hooper from what he did last year, but Jamal Crawford. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's a guy that I think is an NBA player right now still. Yeah. I think he's going to be hooping until he's 98 years old. He, he is still going to get buckets. He's still going to be effective offensively. Um, but yeah, you said it. I don't think he needs the big three to get into the NBA, but that would be huge if the big three could snag him. Yeah, I think so too. I think it would be on that. It might even be a little bit higher than the Joe Johnson level. So Yeah, uh, I agree. Those are the guys, 10 guys I have listed down. Last thing before I, ha I let you go, I know I said that was the last thing, but <laughs> I got to get your thoughts at least on the Big Three China tour that's happening in November. What do you think about the Big Three going international and really at the same time when the NBA is starting to travel to a few more countries uh, during the preseason? Right. I absolutely love it. If the Big Three just models what the NBA has done as far as being global, I, I love that path to success. Um, China has a ton of people in general, but not only people, but they are basketball fans as well. Um, you hear guys like Clay, who has overseas shoe deals and stuff, Langston, our guy that we just had on, talked about him, raising his brand in China and going on tours there. China is massive, China has a lot of people, and China has a lot of basketball fans, so I love that the big three is deciding to do this. I'm sure Ice Cube was behind it. Ice Cube is brilliant. Um, the... The more massive you can grow your fan base, the better. And the world is a giant place that goes beyond North America. So, yeah, I, I love that it's branching off to other countries like that. Absolutely. 
Well, Ryan, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your insight, and I'm looking forward to future shows that I will be definitely tuning into. Absolutely. Thanks, Anthony, for having me. Yeah, absolutely. That'll conclude today's episode of the Fourth Man Podcast. Make sure to give us a follow on our socials at Fourth Man, at Big Three News. That's news with a three instead of an E. Make sure to follow Ryan and Zach on their accounts as well. Ryan, Mog, Josh, and Zach Noble. You can also follow their podcast social on Instagram at Four Seasons Podcast. Thanks, Ryan, for joining us, and we will see you guys very soon in the near future. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.